on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, we've been collecting questions all week on social media, so now we bring you the first ever WPAN AMA. Ask Malonis or Mike anything. Well, Mike, I saw the questions rolling in, and uh, you might be left out of this episode, buddy. Yeah, I can, I'm a good reader. I can dictate to you. A facilitator. <laughs> yes, I am. Plus, Brian, some pickle rubbing, your promo about nothing, and so much more. But first... Tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 128, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars. Now, he is a Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition, the Nasty Boy, Brian Malonis. Yeah, before we get into that, um, this is two weeks in a row where you're wearing, I'm pretty sure, the same sweatpants to my home. Yeah, they're the same sweatpants. You giving up, buddy? What's going on? <laughs> has, has has the kid and the wife beaten you down that bad? Well, you know, want to be comfortable. Yeah, you want to be comfortable. You, you know what you're telling the world? I looked up this quote because I want. <laughs> you're telling the world I can't compete in normal society. Basically, <laughs> come on. You are George Costanza. Uh, slowly but surely slowly but surely the hairline is matching up as well. But <laughs> oh boy, yes. Yeah, so you're the nasty boy. Yeah, it looks like maybe some uh, misalignment on the Big Time Wrestling website roster page of names. I can't even figure out why I'm on the Big Time Wrestling <laughs> roster page. I got I to gotta be honest. There, what, once or twice, maybe? I think twice. And one of them was like I did a seminar in yes. the afternoon. And it was just like a battle royal. So so people that didn't see on... Oh, three, three times now. Three times. Okay. I've worked for them. So people that didn't see on social media, there's a photo of... Brian Knobs of the Nasty Boys, but the caption underneath read Kingpin Brian Malonis. So yeah, on their website, Big Time Wrestling's website, there was some sort of, yeah, the captions went under the wrong name, something shifted. Your your picture was next to Brian Knobs, but for some reason, Brian Knobs' photo said Brian Malonis. And mine's like my full picture, and his is just his head. <laughs> just his big mug. <laughs> his big, ugly mug. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you could do worse than... Nasty boy Brian Knobs. I, I'd like to think I. I don't know. Like I actually, <laughs> I actually like to fancy myself. I know I'm a fat guy, but I like to fancy myself as a as a good looking fella. Brian Knobs, not so much. I, I did see you uh, applying antiperspirant when I when I came in here this morning. You're preparing for Pity City. It looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah you gotta get smell fresh for the podcast. There you go. Thanks so I, much. I just got out of the shower, so uh, I'm smelling fresh all over, buddy. You are. You are. I was gonna mention that, but. Uh... Okay, let's just move on. Uh, <laughs> last week's podcast really surprised me. The amount of feedback and the amount of praise that came in for last week's podcast. <laughs> we talked about the movie Ready to Rumble. You finally sat me down and watched that uh, train wreck of a film. 
So you know what this means. It means Michael's misery equals ratings. <laughs> I guess so. Even Hanson from NXT, one of the War Raiders, said, more miserable Michael, please. <laughs> well, I mean, that's your normal demeanor, but well, you were extra miserable <laughs> last week. I was. So I guess uh, it was a hit, according to the people. Just like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we heard from Adam Salzer. We heard from TK, Big Bacon, Brad Hollister, Monique, John Morse, Jason Tiller. R.J. Krasinski. Chase uh, Del Monte was texting me uh, about it. Actually, uh, not only did Chase Del Monte text me about the review of the movie, but also uh, talking about the designated hitter, Bruce Serafin. Oh, he, <laughs> he gave him the business as well? Yes, he did. I guess he gets around. <laughs> he, and he, he does. He, he's a, he's, he, he went from being a professional wrestler, apparently, to being a professional asshole. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, go check out last week's episode 127 about the uh, Ready to Rumble review. A lot of people seem to be enjoying my pain, uh, be reveling in my misery. <laughs> so go check that episode out if you hadn't heard that one yet. Go check out ROH Wrestling starting tonight on Fight TV, the Fight TV app. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, airing on Sinclair Networks. And I, the weird thing is it airs on Nessun like two days before it's actually supposed to officially air anywhere. And it's like, like Wednesday afternoons or something or like early Thursday morning or something on Nessun. So it was <laughs> it was this week's episode? Yeah, early? Nessun airs airs the, the episode like I, I don't know if they're like the first channel to run it, but they run the episode like a day or two before it's actually supposed to be released. Okay, so some people have seen it, and for the rest of you, tonight on the Fight TV app, it goes live, the new episode of ROH TV with the six-man tag team match, Silas Young and the Bouncers featuring our own Brian Malonis versus the Bullet Club, Cody and the Young Bucks. A uh, big match in your career, and a match that you were very happy with, and you're probably looking forward to seeing again. Yeah, yeah. I actually already already watched. It. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I did already watch it, but uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was a uh, it was awesome to wrestle those guys. I'm sure it was a great thrill for them too to be able to <laughs> yeah. to step in the ring with me. So uh, I guess maybe we'll mention it next week. We'll talk about it a little bit uh, for anyone that is interested in hearing the personal take of a man involved in the match. Check out the ROH match. It's going to be on Fight TV tonight, as I said, and I think on the ROH website, ROHwrestling.com, a little later in the week. So uh, get caught up, do your homework, and come back to us next week. We'll talk a little bit about it. Yeah, we can talk about uh, I saw some people online talking about uh – the NWA World Championship being conspicuous by its absence in the match because mm. it was taped the week before. Right, right, right. People know it's ta- that's the type of stuff. Like I don't, I don't get. Why are you getting upset about that? You know it's taped ahead of time. Like Jesus, it wasn't the NWA title match. Like relax. Mm. So let's talk about pickle rubbing. <laughs> you offering? <laughs> What's well, going you are, on here? You are presenting right now. Are you, are, you, are you one of these? Uh... You're man spreading right in front of me. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, speaking of man spreading, never mind. I won't get into it. There was a video that made me irate that I watched this week, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe you're one of these anonymous folks that keep sending me uh, offers and or whatnot online. No, no, no. I just ask you right here, face to face. But uh, <laughs> that's not my that's not my bag, baby. So pickle rubbing. I talked about a number of times this podcast. The moment from WrestleMania five that uh, is seared in my brain that damaged me as a child uh, <laughs> where the bushwhacker Luke goes up for a body slam from I think it's maybe Raymond one of the Rougeau brothers 
And the entire time he's up in the air for the body slam, he is rubbing the pickle of his <laughs> opponent there. Yes, he is. So uh, very, this, very, very vigorously. Yes, and this got around online again this week. There is a there's a gif that's out there that uh, was on someone's Twitter that really went around the horn. And Jim Cornette, your friend and mine at the Jim Cornette on Twitter, saw this gif and commented, and he said it is a classic rib in the Bushwhackers repertoire, executed perfectly. So he's okay with dick rubbing from the Bushwhackers, but not okay with dick rubbing from Joey Ryan. Exactly. Okay. So, I mean, I guess this is something that was part of uh, the deal with uh, Luke of the Bushwhackers. So, a little insight there. I, I was always wondering what this is about. I actually, Todd Sinclair, a friend of ours, the ROH senior official, was on a long car ride once with Bushwhacker Luke. I begged him, begged him on my knees, please, please ask Bushwhacker Luke about rubbing the pickle at WrestleMania 5. He couldn't bring himself to do it, but we were getting some insight here that apparently this was something that they did on a, uh, I don't know, but a regular basis, but they did this as a rib. I body slammed Bushwhacker Luke. He didn't rub my pickle. (laughs) (laughs) You felt felt a little left out, didn't you? I did. Yeah, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my pickle? (laughs) All right, let's. let's <laughs> you know, so, so, some call it a rib, some might call it sexual assault. Yes. Six to one, half dozen to the other. You know. Yeah, maybe on the next AMA, people can ask you about your pickle. But uh, <laughs> for now, let's talk about BrianMalonis dot com, your website where you can get uh, the latest and greatest fashions for the kingpin Brian Malonis. Plug it in, bookmark it, go there, shop, buy something. You cheap pricks. <laughs> so there's four designs now. Yeah, the four same four have been up there, buddy. The, Anything new in the in the pipeline? Well, no, not yet. No, not yet. I gotta, you know, you gotta get something going for I the holiday I, season. I, I don't like to step all over, uh, you know, new T-shirt designs. So I get the Mega Malonis one up there. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll maybe if I knew a graphic artist. No, I'll go to Fiverr. Don't worry, <laughs> Fiverr. All right. Uh, also, you can go to the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. That is our website for the podcast. Go there. Find out all the ways to subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get it delivered every Monday to you. Uh, and then you can also listen to the podcast right there on the website. Plus, there are bios. There are photos of uh, you and me in uh, our wrestling careers, not in the buff. <laughs> I know you keep you keep turning that down. I mean i I had the uh, I had the photo shoot already to go here today, and you know you you chickened out again. Uh, came in here, you're half naked. Your son was half <laughs> naked. I I almost walked, turned around, and walked out. I did the old uh, Grandpa Simpson uh, gif there, just put my hat, walked right back out the door. But uh, uh, he was in his trunks. He was ready to go. He was ready to fight. He cut <laughs> he cut a hell of a promo on you. He did. He loved uh, our microphones here, and he cut a promo on me. He wants me in a cage match. And what did he call me? He, said, uh, he called you a big fat baby. That's not nice. <laughs> so hashtag, or Mike is hashtag a big fat baby. Let's get that <laughs> trending. Let's get that going. Uh, also, you can go to the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group. We're talking about all wrestling podcasts in there. Just go to Facebook, put in the search bar, Putting Over Podcasts, and uh, sign up, join us, and start talking. So uh, a lot of people have been talking to us this past week, Brian, because on social media, we uh, put out the call for questions for the first ever wrestling podcast about nothing, AMA, that is Ask Malonis or Mike Anything. So we <laughs> got some a, questions. There's a couple out there to you, right? There are, yeah, there are quite a few, actually. All right. So should we get right into this? Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, actually, we before we even get into this, uh, Stephen reminded me that he had asked a question previous to even this call for the AMA. And I had forgot to ask on the podcast. So oh. 
We will include this here as part of the official Ask Malonis Anything. He says, with entrances during matches, does Brian take any stake in who comes out first? Or is it just based on what you think might get the crowd pop for said matches? Or is it really not something that's discussed at all? Entrances. Yeah, no, I think. I mean, I think you think about it a little bit. Usually how it works is the heel out first. Yeah. Uh, to me, I, I don't think it matters all that much, except for I, I was actually a fan of the very first match when I was booking. The very first match, I actually wanted the baby face out first. So the first person that people see would be... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the baby face. Get him get him cheering. I'm also a big fan of I'm a traditionalist when it comes to championship matches. Right. I'm a big fan of the champion coming out coming out last. Yeah. Um which it, it doesn't really happen on the regular basis anymore, just whatever. Um but no, I mean if, if there's a specific purpose, you might talk about it, but for the most part, I don't think it's, you know, it matters. And for Chaotic Wrestling in particular, Standard was heel out first, baby face out second, but there were moments where you'd switch it up, like if you're going to have the someone attack someone, you might switch things up there, just depending on uh, if there was an angle based around it. Otherwise, Standard, it would probably be yeah, heel, heel out first. first. Again, the only other exception being I like the baby face out first in the opening. And your opening contest. Right. And, of course, you would always have to come out second, right? Regardless. Well, I mean, I'm a star, Mike. So of course, like in the in in the in these matches, I mean, it's like a champion going out second. The, the star is going to come out second. There you go. So all of your main event matches recently for APW for UFO, you're always out second. Of course, why wouldn't I be? Okay, just making sure. All right, over on your Facebook, Brian, you put out the call as well for the AMA, and Damon Farrar, who is the Kingpin Brian Malonis super fan. He owns more Brian Malonis t-shirts than than I own. So that's and that's fact. That's not. Like exaggeration. <laughs> he has, and he currently has two that I, well, actually, I don't have my first one. I don't have um, a sample or whatever, however you want to say. I don't right. have one of my original t shirts because I had one left and it disappeared after a match. And then, like a year and a half later, a fan came up to me and goes, You know how I got this? It was, le- it was le- left on the floor next to the ring after a match at APW, and he just took it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, really? Can I have that back, please? You son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway. And, and Damon, by the way, he cosplays as you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> yes. Looks just like you. Uh, so he asks, who haven't you wrestled yet that you'd want to? You know, well, I'm a little bummed out with one of them because it's not going to happen anytime in the foreseeable future uh matt riddle was was number one on my list yeah uh really wanted to to get a match in against matt riddle so really bummed out uh, that didn't happen i mean one guy that i've been around now with for over a decade we've never crossed paths in the same ring is eddie edwards like I, really I, yeah uh weirdly enough as much as we've been around one another and as long as we've both been around in the same area you know have never have never wrestled Eddie Edwards. Now, when you're talking about like Ring of Honor, like of course, like Jay Lethal is on that list. Um, I think that would be that. Would, I mean, Jay Lethal's the best. <laughs> I mean, that would be absolutely tremendous to be able to wrestle him. And then I think about from a tag team standpoint, wrestling a team like the Addiction, Daniels and Kazarian would be because we we wrestled the Bucks now and Cody, and we wrestled the Briscoes. Yep. So I think like the Addiction would be uh, the team. I think I'd look most forward to if we get the opportunity. All right, well, let's go on to Stephen Lambert, who asks, can you describe Dan Terry's hair? 
Now, can we describe who Dan Terry is for people that, that might not know, people outside New England? Dan Terry's a, a, a local New England independent guy. Yeah, he does like a fitness gimmick. Dan Terry Fitness, DTF. Uh? Get it? He wears all, all purple. Uh, I I descri- <laughs> describe Dan Terry's hairline as uh, early 30s Mike Crockett. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Dan. Stephen Lambert's also another local uh, New England independent guy. Local legend? <laughs> I don't know about local legend, but he's part of the Middlesex Express. Oh, okay. So uh, moving on to Rob Takax. Hard to... T-A-K-A-C-S is the man's name. Thank you for your question. He says, your favorite defunct pro wrestling company. Ooh, that's a tough one. Because I'm definitely not like a... I'm I'm not an ECW guy really. Right. <laughs> like I was never an ECW guy. Now defunct. Um, think anything locally? Yeah, I was trying to think if there were some promotions that I worked for that are no longer around that I really had Atlas Championship Wrestling <laughs> an affinity for. Oh jeez, I don't think I <laughs> I don't think I really miss uh No. I don't think I really miss that. Uh You know what I'll say? I I will. I'll go with a local one. It's one that that I really got you know got my start in. It it was run by a good friend of ours, George Carroll, the right. NEWA. That was yeah, it was like the uh NXT to Chaotic Wrestling, <laughs> yes. if you will. Yeah, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun though. It was all of us uh I think you worked it, right? Yeah. Yes. Um but it was a lot of us, you know, you know, a lot of us coming up in the CTC that we're all young together coming up, cutting our teeth. Sporadic appearances on chaotic shows, but those were our regular bookings. Those was like that was like our essentially our home promotion for the beginning of our career. So I'll say that. I'll say the NEWA. And you went under the name Big Brian Rogers. Yes. So uh, I feuded with Mike Bennett, now known as Mike Canellas. I'll say Century Wrestling Alliance, NWA New England. Uh, that's where I got my start. I mean, they lingered for a long time after Tony Rumble passed away, but I don't think they're running anymore. Yeah, no, I, I was uh, just a high school kid when I first saw you referee, Mike. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I was just a kid in high school. And now we're doing, never, never thought, I'd, hey, one day I'll do a podcast with that guy. Yeah. Uh, so You were like, hey, kid, you can do anything you want. Start from the bottom, now you're here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so still at, the, still at the fucking bottom. <laughs> All right, Greg Demule, D-E-M-E-U-L-E, asks... I'd like to get your thoughts on what it would take for a company to last against the WWE for the number two spot like TNA almost did. I mean, TNA's still around. I mean, uh, TNA slash Impact slash, you know, all the different incarnations over the years has actually been in business longer than WCW was. So yeah. people don't realize that. Like it's, um, I mean, Ring of Honor has been in business now longer than WCW has. I mean, if you're talking about uh, like an apples to apples thing, like you know, when you talk about like what WWE WCW was, it would, it would take a lot of money. It, it would take a lot of money, and then they'd have to get some of the stars to jump over. Um, so you know, you think of it today. If like there was a company out there that started up and they had all this money, I mean, the ones that come to mind is like grab Cody and the Bucks and then try to steal somebody whose contract's coming up from WWE and you get the top of your card. You know, nobody's done that quite yet. Right, and the way he's saying it here, lasting against the WWE, but I mean, there's plenty of room for other companies. They're not going against WWE, but they're existing in the same space yeah. as WWE. Nobody's competing with WWE right. at this point. It's it's it's. A virtual impossibility at the, at this point, just because of the amount of money that WWE has, because of the amount of money that they have, they will always be number one in the pro wrestling space because of the reach and the in the resources that they have. It's just unless that company were just to completely collapse on, for some reason, but I 
I don't foresee that happening. You, you'll never see anything like you did with the Monday Night Wars and WCW again. I think I think what you're seeing now is probably what this is what pro wrestling is going to be. There's you got WWE and, the, and then there's space for everything else to make money and, and be successful, but nobody's ever going to have the resources WWE has. Do you remember when TNA attempted to go Monday nights? <laughs> I mean, it was exciting for a moment. Anyway, they had Hogan, they had Bischoff, but yeah, it just Which, didn't. I mean, I, I, I'm a as I'm the biggest Hulk Hogan fan in the world, um, literally and figuratively. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but that, but I think that's probably was part of the problem. It was Hogan and Bischoff, and the, and the reason why WCW Nitro was so successful was because it was something different. It was WWE was doing these taped can shows that felt predictable and stale, and they did these live shows where kind of anything could happen, and they and they started to push different things, and that's why TNA when it went to Monday nights failed because it was just, Hey, remember what we did in 96? <laughs> let's do, let's do that again. Yeah. And if only there was a company that had a huge media conglomerate behind it, <laughs> tons of money. Yeah, I know. Right. All right. Moving on to JP Griffin. He does the Irish whip podcast. Be sure to check that out. He says, Brian, what was your initial reaction when Mike asked you to do a podcast? Mike never asked me to do a podcast. Yeah, this is a misconception. Yeah, it was actually, I think we've told it before, but yeah. you know, it's worth worth rehashing here. It was actually my friends uh, who started a company, who's, which is now defunct, yes. uh, BDA Radio, uh, approached me about doing a podcast. And their idea was for me to actually do it solo or maybe have like guests from pro wrestling on it. And um, I said, well, that's a terrible idea, but I'd like to do a podcast. And I, and I immediately, you were the first person I thought of to do it with. And I had asked you, and you had thought that I just wanted you to do like production on it. Or just be your underling. Yeah. And I was like, no, I want you to be the host and to keep it <laughs> keep me on track because I get way off on tangents. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. It's happened on occasion. <laughs> so yeah, that's how the podcast got started. It was uh, you came to me. And I, I was actually out of work at the time and i was bda came with that big that big <laughs> lucrative offer exactly <laughs> so I, I mean i was thinking about doing a podcast for a long time and the opportunity came up and we got together and it was like a, a perfect timing thing for me yeah yeah it worked it worked out well and it's still working out well it's all right <laughs> <laughs> rj krasinski he is from the ringside rant podcast check that one out as well he says Pick two other guys on your team, Mike, versus the Bouncers and Silas, and who would win? So it would be me and two guys versus you, Beer City Bruiser, and Silas Young. Yeah, I don't even know if I want Silas on my team. He walked out on us against the Bullet Club. Really? Yeah, we are no longer affiliated with uh, Silas Spoiler Young. if you haven't watched it yet. Hey, well, hey, you know, it's, been, it's out there. The episode's aired all over the place now. Well, I mean, I haven't seen it yet. It, you know, <laughs> you got shamed into watching a match from like a year ago. So, <laughs> well, uh, keep an eye on that tonight. But going, if we're just taking this at face value, the bouncers and Silas versus me, and what two guys? Let me think. I know where you're going. Uh, Wait, this is you wrestling? Like you'd be wrestling? I guess so. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So I need two guys with skill to <laughs> to protect me. I didn't realize we we're doing a mixed tag. Uh. Authors of Pain. Oh, all right. Just That's... two big guys take on those two big guys, and hopefully Silas Young walks away again, and I won't have to deal with him. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to go with the War Raiders. That would be a good idea. wouldn't have been. <laughs> Damn it. I can't believe you didn't immediately go there. <laughs> good God. Well, I'm thinking about guys in the main roster. 
Oh, wow. There you go, uh, handsome. Shot across the bow. <laughs> All right. We also posted on the Our Vantage Point Facebook group. I, I gave some middle fingers to people for not. <laughs> <laughs> but they eventually, we shamed them into uh, sending us questions. Yes. Uh, go check out the OVP Facebook group. A lot of fun over there. I spend a lot of time there. Probably too much time over there. Yeah, you do. It's ridiculous. Every, every time that I... Uh, that I'm perusing Facebook, I, I see Mike Crockett has commented on something from there. Okay, so Stephanie Brookbank over there on the OVP group, she asks, what is your favorite wrestling-related memory? Hmm. From, like, what standpoint? From, like, you think from in the business? Is that what you're thinking, Mike? I think, yeah, I'm thinking more like something that happened to you in, in the wrestling business. It doesn't have okay. to be necessarily a rest, like something like achieving a championship or whatnot. I got you. Whatever yeah. is personal to you, I think. Uh <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, there's no bigger thing for me, I think, than memory than Vince McMahon randomly showing up at the end of one of my matches and raising my hand. That happened. <laughs> that happened. The designated here says it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's probably like from in from an in ring standpoint, that's probably probably my favorite moment. I think from an outside the ring standpoint, from a personal standpoint, was. Uh, finding out I was in the top prospect tournament that happened in Baltimore and um, being able to share it with you know Todd Sinclair obviously but then also um, our good buddy Hansen being there as well like right there when he when I was told so that was you know to be there with those two guys and have that moment finding that out and that's kind of what's launched me to this point with Ring of Honor pretty cool so I gave two I answered two that's good that's good well uh, you wrestling related memory um I'd say the day you quit. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps no. Uh, I had good memory for me. Uh, I I came back um, to do a couple matches. I came back to do Brian Fury's final match. Oh, I know what the, match you're going to talk for about the here. time being, and uh, Todd's final match before he went to WWE developmental. So some very nice memories there, and to be able to share that moment with those guys, to have those guys come and ask me to to come out of my extended hiatus to referee their matches was a uh, very special to me, very nice. And I remember, like, especially after Brian Fury's match, I, I you know counted three, he's out, so I go uh, over over him, and he grabs me and hugs me as he's like on his back on the mat. It was, it was a very nice, nice memory. Brian Fury hugging you would be your favorite memory, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> There's another match that you came out of the extended hiatus for. Why aren't you mentioning this match? Oh, that one? <laughs> you don't that was in Fenway Park. It was nice to have a, a match in the bowels of Fenway Park. <laughs> yeah, we can move on. It's cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Yankowi, also an OVP guy, he says, if you could do one episode of your podcast where it was a non-wrestling theme, what would the episode be? Oh, um... Big brother. I was just going to say. <laughs> big brother. Clearly big brother. Big brother. <laughs> How do you feel about the winner, KC? If, spoiler alert, is the winner of the Big Brother 20? I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I thought for the first time in a long time, the two best players made it to the end. I thought Tyler played the better game, but I have no problem with KC winning. I thought she was a deserving winner and totally 100% cool with it. Um, you know, if she, if she, you know, it could be argued that she did play the best game. I think Tyler did, but the two best players were there at the end, so... Couldn't go wrong either way. But there was also, I remember, rumblings of you doing another podcast before this podcast came along, perhaps about fantasy sports. 
Oh yeah. Let's talk about this, right? Yeah, yeah, with Ray. I think yeah. we were, we maybe with Scotty Slade too, we had talked about about doing a doing a podcast and it just never materialized. Yeah, so that was probably the two Big Brother Fantasy Sports Steelers podcast or or the, you, w- would you <laughs> like close to home. <laughs> yeah, that you'd probably hurt yourself. If you were to talk about that at length every, each and every week. Yeah, I might at like 11.30 tonight after the Ravens probably stomp their heads in. You do enough on Twitter to uh, get your heart rate up, so I don't think a podcast <laughs> with help matters very much. <laughs> Moving on to Dave Van Antwerp. He is a big OVP guy, and thanks very much, Dave, for your question. He says, something I've always wondered. When refs smash their wrists and forearms against the mat when they make a count, doesn't that eventually lead to pain and injury? It looks like it would take its toll after a while. Oh, for Christ's sake. Are you kidding me Dave, with this question? Dave, yes. I remember you, know, you do two or three shows in a weekend, and it would be like one big long bruise along my forearm, and it would be tender to the touch. I never had any pain. I never had any uh, injury. I mean, you know, I'm a weekend warrior. I'm sure guys that do it five or six nights a week might have uh, something else to say about it but uh myself thankfully i avoided injury you make me sick i'm sitting here probably needing double knee surgery oh i have sciatica that makes my left leg go numb i have a torn muscle in like my shoulder pec bicep area and you're going to talk about slapping the mat makes you sore over the course of a weekend you are soft my friend s-a-w-f-t soft just answering Dave's question oh here. Oh, my God. You should be ashamed of yourself for admitting that on this podcast. Thankfully, yes, uh, Dave. I avoided injury. Hopefully uh, your son never goes back and listens to the archives because uh, I don't think he'd be able to respect this old man for talking about <laughs> a, sore, a sore arm from refereeing. Oh, Maxwell. <laughs> Maxwell, Maxwell. Uh, I love you, buddy. So he says also on a similar note, with all the fast-paced action going on in the ring, as a referee, it's difficult to constantly stay out of the way of the wrestlers so as not to interfere with the action and also to maintain your own safety. I think when you're in there for the first time with people you have been in there in the ring before, it takes a little while to figure out where a good place to be is. Also, young people, people just starting out in wrestling, they tend to get the happy feet, and they tend to move around a little more than they should. So it's, sometimes it's uh, hard to figure out your place in that ring. But especially, I mean, guys that are established, guys that know to you know stand their ground, to not just wander all over the place in a ring, it's pretty easy to figure out your place and to you know stay out of the way of the of the guys also it depends on the size of the ring you know if you're in a 20 by 20 ring as opposed to a 14 by 14 ring i some of those small rings that i've been in i think about the ring for lethal pro which was a six-sided ring that you and i have both been in it <laughs> just the, it was it was like, like 14 foot six-sided ring yeah so like you did a suplex the guy's legs were hitting the ropes on the other side but uh it's it's obviously more difficult to uh figure out where to be and where to go but for the most part i mean if you're if you know what you're doing you know where to be in the ring it just depends on the a lot of the time, the experience of the guys in the ring and your familiarity with them to know exactly where to be. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the one thing that I can appreciate the complexity of from my short stint as a referee with Beyond Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that 14-foot ring, and this is a little bit of a side, but it's a fun story because it involves some famous guys. We, did you referee the match with Rick Fuller and Biff Busick that involved me as well? 
Sounds familiar. Rick Fuller launched, and Biff could, can jump through the ceiling anyways, but those two combinations of Rick Fuller's strength, Biff Busick being able to jump a mile, launched him out on the ring, over the ring, onto me, and I had to be like a fucking center fielder, like completely <laughs> break character, stop selling, to like catch him like I was I was Willie Mays, you know, catching a baseball. And this is at the Lethal Pro ring? It was, yeah. It was in that 14-foot awful six-sided <laughs> ring. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... It, it, takes a little while to get your footing but uh there's always uh variables that can screw you up but thankfully i haven't gotten in too many people's way so that's a good thing i I can honestly say i don't ever remember you being in my way i remember you botching a finish in a battle royal but that's about it (laughs) (laughs) all right joseph merkel he says if you could pick one moment to be there for in wrestling history what would it be and why Ooh, ooh, this is a tough one for me Wow, I guess I would have I would have to say I'd have to say uh, Andre Hogan WrestleMania three. I would have loved to have been front and center for that, you know, especially as like a five or six year old kid. See, I thought you were going to say, and I'm probably going to say it myself, Hogan and Rock, because that was like one. an electric building. I, th- I mean, I think for me, it's more thinking about These where my love developed for for pro wrestling, and that would have been a cool moment at that at that juncture. But that, that's another good one. The other one I was kind of thinking about was Hogan when Hogan beat Sheik for the title. Like that to say you were yeah. there would have been pretty cool. Oh, Joseph has another one here. Outside of tragic events, what would you do to fix a classic botch, like the Shockmaster, for example? I guess not put that little yeah. piece of wood at the bottom of the uh, breakaway wall. <laughs> yeah, that 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 for one might might be a good one. I don't know. What, what, do you have any in mind here, Mike? A classic botch. Um, we talked about the not put Scott Steiner in a ring. <laughs> 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 yeah, I talk about the. We talked about, or you guys talked about the match with uh, JBL and Chris oh. Nowinski and Jackie Gata and who was the for Trish Stratus? Yes. Just don't put that match on the ring. Yeah, don't. Lot, yeah, yeah, some of these. <laughs> a lot just, of these can be avoided by just don't put people in spots that they're not ready for yet. Right. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be uh, accentuate the positive, hide the negative. Put people in spots that can be successful in. Right. Okay. Jose Corona says, "What is the origin of the Wine City Whaler name?" Take it away, Mike. Go ahead. Well, I mean, it's nothing. Your that, friends. It's nothing <laughs> that you or I came up with, Brian. Nope. Well, actually, it started because we said you can't be the kingpin in ROH. Right? Yeah, we were talking. We were talking about that. Which, since I, I am the kingpin in, in ROH, might as well. Yeah. Yeah. They, they they announced you as the kingpin, or it's like half and half. Lately, since since we've actually gotten the tag team name, the bouncers, um, we don't use the kingpin anymore. So that was the. Uh, it came from that where you were almost soliciting ideas actually, for nicknames. Oddly enough, I kind of I was thinking about even pitching to them. Just having them announce me as Malonis. Just Malonis. Just Malonis, yeah. How about Zakem? <laughs> Get out of here no? with that garbage. But like, wouldn't it be like Bruiser and Malonis, the bouncer? Like, right? I don't know, right? Yeah, little, if, little... If, if he's just going to be Bruiser. Yeah, well, it's, I, you know, I haven't, I, I'm, I haven't even pitched this to the Bruiser yet. I haven't even texted him this yet, so it's going to be out, th- out there. I better text him tonight before this <laughs> drops. <laughs> so the uh, Wine City Whaler name in specific was uh, because that was Michael Quinn's idea for your new name. Yeah, because I team with the Beer City Bruiser. Yes, and we have discovered that they say, they swear on every, all that is holy that it was not a fat joke. 
Yeah, I, I just, I just, because the way they are, I just yes. assumed it was a fat joke. <laughs> whaler. Yeah, W A I L E R. So a whaler meaning someone who wails on somebody is what yeah. they're saying. Yeah. There's, you have the Beer City Bruiser, and then you have the Wine City Whaler. Yeah, I was just thinking whale, like, oh, I'm fat, whale. Okay, that's what they're going for. That's their type of humor. That's what I figured <laughs> it was as well. <laughs> but anyway, uh, speaking of one of those uh, scamps, Joe Murata. From our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, he says, where exactly is Wine City? I, I have no clue. I, I, I don't. I, I'm from Manchester, New Hampshire. That's the Queen City. That's but. the dump, if you ask me. <laughs> Can we talk about how Playboy Jimmy James was almost uh, struck in the uh, backside by bullets <laughs> yes, a couple did. weeks ago? Yes, he was. The, yeah, yes, he was. Uh, you're from fucking Wakefield, Mass., so get out of here. Please, that is... Uh, Pure bread town. I, I I went to the house you grew up in for a barbecue, and I you know I was worried about getting rolled on the walk to the to the house from my car. <laughs> Will you stop? <laughs> uh, also, Joe Murata asks, when are you going to actually use the mixer that Brian Malone so kindly bought for you, Crockett? Never. The answer is never. At this point, we should just return it and get my money back. It will be used. When? It will be used. We'll figure it out. You can brought it here today. I could have, couldn't I? Yeah, you could have. You could just put it right there. This, but this has a great sound with very little uh, Then why were you pissing and a moment to me about getting a mixer? Because that's when we were doing it remotely. But now that we're doing it more often in person. <sighs> Boy, could you use it to maybe spice up the stuff in here? Like, I noticed Joe has nice music and sound clips and everything in, in OVP. Like, could the mixer help with adding some, you know, adding some pizzazz to our podcast? Perhaps. Let's let's do it. We'll work on it. Don't we'll you work care on about it. the fans? Why do you hate the fans? I, I let's talk about it. You always give me crap when I tell the fans to piss off, but you know why? Don't, why do you hate them? I do not. I do not. I think we offer great production values here on Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Yeah, it's great. It's just not OVP quality. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> also, Joseph Merkel says in relation to the mixer talk, he says, "Don't Google Jim Duggan Blender. Don't Google Jim Duggan Blender." Well, I googled Jim Duggan Blender, Ugh. and I guess folks out there, if you want to know about this, Google Jim Duggan Blender, and then you'll wonder why you did. It's gross. It. I mean, not just go and do it. I mean, it's nothing. Well, Joseph says maybe you shouldn't, but if you're <laughs> I, curious, I I'm legitimately scared now. If you're curious, go take a look. Should I do it right here on the air? Maybe you should. Oh boy, here we go. Hold on, I got my phone out. I'll go into private mode here. <laughs> I don't know what this is going to bring That's... up. <laughs> okay, Mike, I've Googled it here. Okay. Where am I looking now? I think it's uh, Urban Dictionary, isn't it, or something like that? Urban Dictionary Dildo Blender? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Do you want me to read it? Sure. Allegedly popularized during the 1980s by WWF wrestler Hacksaw Jim Duggan. This is when a dildo is placed inside a blender and set to high speed. It's said to cause great pleasure or pain, depending. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Huh? <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, on to VSW. He is at Champion Meister, a Mister. He says, if you had to choose between eating or drinking the rest of your life, what would you do? Clearly, I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just imagine how dry your mouth would be. I guess you have to just have to eat like an orange or something. Just to yeah, I'm not really like a. Uh, I don't really have a lot of beverages during while I'm actually eating. A lot of people I know like to, but yeah, 
Yeah, I'll you drink- wash that shit down. No, no, it's actually bad for digestion. So you'd rather eat? So no Bud Lights the rest of your life? You can deal with that? Yeah, I could deal with that. Okay, I guess I'd have to choose eating as well. <laughs> Look at you. Of course you would. <laughs> You're in the same boat as me. All right, uh, we move on to Psycho. He is at Redhead Psycho on Twitter. Chaotic Wrestling Hall of Famer. He is. He asks Brian, "Why is your co-host so miserable?" <laughs> Mike, I mean, you're right here. Why don't you tell the world why you're so miserable? I'm not miserable. Psycho is one of the one the purveyors of this myth. <laughs> For years upon years, it's always why are you so miserable. Psycho, he's he's actually progressed past miserable at this point, and based on his current attire that I see him <laughs> in all the time now, he's he's gone right past miserable and just has given up. <laughs> <laughs> Psycho, it's good to hear from you and uh, get those tickets for the uh, comedy I ha- show. I have him on the. Po- Apparently, he can type. But he can't talk because if we had it on the podcast, it would just be a lot of wah, 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 wah. Exactly. And yeah. 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 He doesn't talk very much. So moving on to MGB Graham. He is at Mr. Bagshaw on Twitter. He says, what is the best thing you heard or read about yourself that simply wasn't true? The best thing I read about myself that wasn't true. I don't know. It's hard. it's hard. I actually sat there and thought about this, and right, well, how about the worst thing? <laughs> that I'm a bad. That might be. That, that, might I'm, be a, that I'm a bad wrestler. Like the <laughs> douchebag from that website wrote oh. a couple of times. I, I mean, I want to answer this, but there's never been like. Oh, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll tell you this. Um, I've seen it referenced places that I'm under contract to Ring of Honor, which would be lovely. But right. it's not but it's not true. So that's probably it right there. You are not. You are a free agent still. I am a free agent, yes. Congratulations. <laughs> hey. I having a hard time coming up with the best thing I've heard. Has anybody ever written about you? Yeah, that's the thing. As a, re- <laughs> as a referee, it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so let's move on to John Morse then, my best friend. He is at J O N S U P R M N. He says, if Crockett gets back in the stripes, what match would he want to ref? Hmm. Not a mixed tag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a fine match. It was it was a lovely match, but no. I mean, I I love the. I mean, the the only thing that's gotten me out of my chair the past few years has been, uh, besides that one match, has been guys that are moving on to bigger and better things. That and getting seconds on dinner. That too. <laughs> so uh, the next guy that gets signed, if he wants to have me ref, I'd love to ref his match. Jesus, come on! <laughs> this is your. This is your. Well, you know, I only so come like, out for the big matches. Exactly. I mean, what match would you want to ref? My retirement match. <laughs> that, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's very presumptuous that I would choose you to be the ref. Fat pants, huh? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'll be the special enforcer on the outside. <laughs> yeah, you'll be Chuck Norris. <laughs> and who would win, John Morris asks, in a fight for a chance to win a date with Todd Sinclair, Kingpin or Crockett? Speaking of Todd Sinclair. Uh, I, I think your affinity for Todd in a romantic sense far exceeds mine, so you'd probably win because nothing would stop you from winning that date. We're dear, long, close, <laughs> yes. personal, long time Referee love. Friends. Yes, uh, Todd, a, a good pal, and uh, much love to my friend, Fat Pants. And you just had a kid, so it's probably hot time <laughs> at home right now. <laughs> no, everything's fine. Yeah, is it? How old is a kid? 
He's uh, two months. Okay, no, it's not fine. Ten weeks. <laughs> so come on, I've been through this twice before, buddy. I know the deal. I mean, there's some all the, da- all the dads at home know the deal. What I'm right there's now. some very uh, tired people in the house, uh, <laughs> and, and frustrations uh, rear their heads sometimes. But you know, <laughs> and we've talked about that. Where sometimes you just you put the kid won't cry, the kids crying, kids crying, kids crying, and you put the kid down and you just do like the walk around a little bit, like scratch your head, you walk, you're staring <laughs> at the kid, like, <laughs> like you have to like you have to like take a breather, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> this little like. 12 pound human being is just owning you at this moment <laughs> yeah yeah Oof. Oh, man begging please i'll give you anything <laughs> just please stop crying please, please. what do you want tell me what you want <laughs> he's crying because he's tired but he won't sleep <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> all right let's move on to the final question on ask malonis or mike anything it is from our pal kelsey from Super Kicking It with Kelsey, and also from the Two Face podcast. Uh, she's a delight, as we've mentioned on this podcast. And she had something that was actually an idea for a future podcast for her, but she said uh, it's perfect for us. So let's say they are remaking Seinfeld. It will be recast exclusively with professional wrestlers. Who is cast in which role and why? This was really tough, actually. It was. I, I mean... Sitting down and doing this last night, I'm I'm not kidding you. Like an hour, like I thought about this. Yeah, like and I was most of it was just I was stumped. Like, what do I? Like, I don't even know which way to go with this. So we'll see how I do. Okay, let's start with Elaine. Let's start with the uh, female lead on Seinfeld. Who'd you come up with? Well, for Elaine. Because I feel like Elaine is almost like two distinctly different characters over the course of Seinfeld. Like there's early Elaine, who's this wide-eyed, cheery, young girl, like naive to the world. And then there's like later bitter, jaded, <laughs> <laughs> like Elaine. So I, and this is really and – and I wasn't able to decide between the two because I look like – and both these are current female wrestlers on, on WWE. Like So I looked at like early Elaine. Could that be like Bailey? Or like later Elaine could be like Alexa Bliss. You know, like okay, mine are are not really. There's not a whole bunch in the like. I didn't go by like looks, I guess of, right, the, right. of the people. No, mine, mine didn't either. Yeah, it's more of like personality, somebody yeah. who could embody the character. Elaine was the toughest one for me, though. Um, for me, I think it was Jerry. Really, because he's more the straight man in the show. It's it's tough to. Well, we'll, we'll get there. I think I casted a pretty good Jerry. I I think I did too. Eventually, it took a long time though to come up with something. Uh, for Elaine, I had. I, I think this is a pretty dead-on pick, actually. Uh, maybe you'll agree. Ivory as Elaine. Okay. I like that much better than mine. <laughs> yeah. And she seems like she's kind of bubbly, but also she's kind of, especially in like the later days, she's uh, weird. She, you think you, you could see her doing the little kickstands. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 hey, I, yeah. If we're going to lock it in, I, I'm comfortable with locking that in right now. Like That's a, that's a really good one. Okay. I'm totally comfortable with that as Elaine. So Ivory as Elaine. Okay, yes. let's move on to Kramer. <laughs> Kramer, this one was a tough one for me too. It was, but I think I eventually come up with a pretty good one. Uh, I was thinking somebody tall, kind of goofy. Right. <laughs> okay, we got. What about Kurgan? Because <laughs> he, you know, he did the stupid dance. Like, he wore like the bright color yeah, the gear. Yeah. I actually had that as well. I actually had that was one of my my first thoughts, but I I 
found something else as well. Um, I actually have a few here. How about um, Andre the Giant? For one, he wears the Kramer shirts later in his career, <laughs> as pointed out by Joe Murata on OVP. He does. And his speaking voice is kind of like after uh, Kramer goes to the dentist. <laughs> All no? right. All right. I'm still liking Kurgan better than, than Andre. Okay. Uh, Kurgan. So, okay. Kurgan wins in that battle. How about Cowboy Bob Orton? Huh, I don't understand the reasoning there. Hey, the curly hair. You could tease that up. Also, he's a cowboy, so giddy up. Eh, no? Yeah, I'm not feeling Cowboy Bob Orton. Okay, but for my final pick for Kramer, think about someone who makes an entrance. Kramer can make an entrance. Walks in that door and the crowd bursts into applause. Think about someone in wrestling who made a memorable entrance. Shockmaster <laughs> as Kramer. <laughs> Uncle Fred as Kramer. <laughs> Jesus. What do you think? <laughs> Kurgan versus the Shockmaster. Who is our Kramer? <laughs> I, I I still like Kurgan as uh, I think he embodies more of the essence of, of Kramer. Hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, you gave me Ivory. I'll give you Kurgan. All right. Kurgan. <laughs> and he's an actor. Kramer. He has acting experience. <laughs> he has the chops. So, okay. <laughs> Kurgan as Kramer. Uh, okay. Do you want to save George for the main event? Or you want to go? I have the same person for George, I feel like. <laughs> I have a bunch of people here. I do. Uh, okay. Let's go with George then. Let's go with George. Okay. I was thinking about someone who has bursts of anger what about mr bob backland okay i can i can see that i can see i can see that george he's not stout enough but you know no um i only have one so i don't know if you want to bust okay, out yeah, i'll, I'll run through my list here <laughs> uh i was thinking someone a little shorter um who would similar temperament crash holly okay yeah okay that's pretty good that could be a contender how about he's a little stout? He uh, some good lines. Bobby the Brain Heenan as George Costanza. I think, I think he's too. I think he's too witty to be. <laughs> yeah, I think Bobby's too like too intelligent, too quick witted to be to be George. He's he's quirky and funny, but not bald. He is. Oh, yeah, he's not. But he but. George is kind of unintelligent. Like he's kind of an idiot. Like so is Bobby Heenan. He says he's the brain, but the gimmick is that he's kind of dumb at the same point. But he's so quick-witted that you know he's smart. Like the way he could just rattle off things. All right. So so far, you think Crash Holly is is the best? Well, oh, I got, yeah, of yours. Yeah, I got one here, Mike. When I thought George, this was actually the easiest one for me. Really? Yeah. Came right to you because this person uh, shares a haircut. With George, the shares the hairline, and when I think of George Costanza, I think of a compulsive liar. Right, (laughs) it's not a lie (laughs) if you believe it. Yes, so I thought of Sergeant Slaughter for for George (laughs) Costanza. (laughs) I don't think we talked about this, but there is a three-hour podcast that. Sean Mooney did with Sergeant Slaughter, and I couldn't get through it, (laughs) but I really wanted to listen to it just to hear all the tall tales from the Sarge. Like, you talked about how he beat everyone up the first day of training and just destroyed everybody. It's like, you know this isn't true. But, (laughs) all right. Um, Oh, man. I 
the hairline might sell it yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> hairline compulsive liar. <laughs> like, okay. okay, I'm locking in Sergeant Slaughter. Right. George <laughs> Finally, the lead of this, Jerry Seinfeld himself. Of course, a lot of people say on the show that he's probably the least dynamic personality on his own show because he's kind of the straight man and all this craziness is going on around him. So this one was probably the most difficult for me to come up with, but I did, I think, eventually come up with some good names. Why don't you start first, Jerry? I, I, I only got one, so I'll, I'll, throw it, I'll throw it out there. And I thought, I thought it was really good because I think the demeanors match, the, the sense of humor kind of matches, very dry, but like I thought Colt Cabana would be a, would be a good Jerry. Okay. And they're, Jerry's, Jerry's Jewish, right? Yes. Yeah, so Colt's Jewish, Jerry's Jewish. That works too. Okay, I had one that maybe similar in terms of he, he's got jokes, but he can um, kind of be the straight man as well. He can compose himself. And uh, Jerry the King Lawler as Jerry. Jerry for Jerry. Okay. I mean, actually, you know, it's funny. I know, Jerry the King Lawler might not have been a bad George. <laughs> huh. But you, you, I, I, mean, I don't, I don't love it. I don't love Jerry the King Lawler. I mean, they share a first name. John Cena as Jerry. You know, so with some, with some of the bad acting chops at times with John Cena, his, deli- his delivery on some, like their their delivery on some things would be would be similar. I think you know, it's almost like it was almost like became like comical, like Jerry's acting chops, I think, yeah. uh, at different points. I and think, they, they made fun of it on the, on yeah, the show. Yeah, like John Cena's delivery of promos, I think he, you know, went over the top with like so some of that, you know, like when he's engaging the audience and, you know, like <laughs> I, 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 I can see that. But you say Colt Cabana, huh? So, oh, man, I've, I've, I've given you... You've given me two so Kurgan, <laughs> I've given you Sergeant Slaughter. Should I acquiesce Colt Cabana over Jerry Lawler? Jerry Lawler, I think, is the strongest of my picks here. Again, I just thought, I just thought with 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 Colt, like the Colt has a very dry sense of humor. If you listen to the Art of Wrestling podcast, or whatever, he's he, he's he. I think he's more of a straight guy. Like he's comedic, but like you know, more of a dry sense of sense of humor. And that's kind of where I was thinking about with that. Okay, this can't be about ego. This is about casting the perfect Seinfeld and thinking about like. Cole Cabana, yes, he is probably the more appropriate Jerry. So I'll give it to you. All right, Cole Cabana <laughs> as Jerry Seinfeld. So it is. What a cast we have here. So Jerry Seinfeld played by Cole Cabana, Kramer played by Kurgan the Interrogator, uh, George Costanza as portrayed by Sergeant Slaughter, and Elaine as portrayed by. Ivory. And if you don't make some sort of Seinfeld-related graphic of this as a graphic artist, then I'm going to implore all of our fans on social media to shame you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, come up with a Newman because... uh Kelsey said there's a bonus points if you can come up with a new man. Yeah, or I, was th- else. I was thinking about like some of the other characters. Like could, uh, we talked about a little bit off air, but like could like classy Freddie Blassie be be Jerry's dad with could the big be glasses? Mo- yeah, could it be Morty Seinfeld and the way he dresses <laughs> and like um, Captain Lou Albano as uh, as Frank Costanza. That, now that is perfect casting. <laughs> Newman though. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know who could be the uh, like an underhanded kind of. Yeah, creepy pops up at inopportune times. Like, mm. does Colt Cabana hate anybody? <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Might be a matter of a little lawsuit. <laughs> <Ooh. Ooh>. <laughs> and <laughs> so, yeah, Kelsey, thanks so much well, for that. Well, Sinclair has. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, thanks so much for that, Kelsey. That's something that. Uh, I wanted to do a, a long time ago. We put it on a poll for the old BDA bonus show, but it didn't win the poll. And uh, really enjoyed that question. Thanks so much, Kelsey, for shoehorning in here today, sharing that with us. And <laughs> one came in actually uh, down to the wire from Mike. He is at Main Event Swerve. So thanks for getting this in under the wire. He says, "What is the most cringeworthy thing slash moment slash match you've ever seen on televised wrestling? Is it Val oh. Venus's questionable white shirt font? Is it anything from David Arquette and WCW or something else?" Oh, I think it's. I think this is easy. It's neither one of these. Uh, to me, this is a freaking slam dunk. Unless I'm just completely thinking of something that's egregious. The Vince McMahon making Trish Stratus like bark like a dog segment. Yeah, that was even at that point like, like oh, what am I watching Ugh. here? Yeah, there's <laughs> like, some very ugh. uncomfortable and yeah, it was a different time and place. We weren't you know the world wasn't so politically correct and things of that nature. But even at that point, I was like, what am I watching here? Like this is not professional this wrestling. Is, yeah, this is like some man's psyche being played out in front of yeah. a nationwide audience. Yeah, that or his make incessant making out with like the divas. Like, is there one who's making out with one of the divas right in front of Linda while she was like, like Tori Wilson or something? Yeah, or? something weird like that. But the bar, the, the making Trish bark like a dog thing was just like, oof, bad. I'll have to say, uh, Katie Vick. <laughs> yeah, that's right there too. Katie Vick. Just what is? I just remember watching. Like, what is this and why? What's wrong with simulating fucking a dead high school cheerleader? It just. Completely unnecessary. I mean, some people think also May Young giving birth to the hand. That's that's a moment that I never saw. It's like more like silly than anything. I, like I guess, but just creepy at the same point. But the Katie Vick thing, yeah, brought no humor value. It, there was nothing to be gained from doing that bit, and just oh, necrophilia is funny. Puts asses in seats. <laughs> All right, thank you, Made Event Swerve, and thank you everybody for. Sending your questions for Ask Malonis or Mike anything. Really appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed this. It's something that perhaps we'll come back to from time to time. Maybe do a question of the week. Yeah, something like that. Maybe we can attach a prize to it or something. Prize? Yeah. I mean, nobody wants anything from you, but (laughs) so of course it'll be me ponying it up. Sounds good to me. I really enjoy that part of it. Uh, all right, so we want your feedback. Tweet us at the WPA on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts, any feedback you have to our answers to these questions. Really appreciate uh, hearing from you guys. Always use the hashtag WPAN and continue to send in your questions, and we will read them right here on this podcast. The best way to get your questions in, however, is to call them in on the voicemail line, 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Call in. You can hear your voice on this podcast. So do it. Also, you can listen to Booking the Territory, our good friend Mike Mills, along with Hard Body Harper and Doc Turner. They do two podcasts a week on Sundays and on Thursdays. The Smoky Mountain Show is on Sundays. The old WCW Saturday Night Show is on Thursdays. MikeMills.Podbean.com for all that unprofessional wrestling podcast goodness from Booking the Territory. Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. They fooled us, Kingpin. 100, they did it in two parts. Those sons of bitches. So, uh, our so really, it's 100, 101? 
Well, not according to them. It's uh, a 100 part one and 100 part two. Oh, my God. So our portion of the proceedings has not aired yet. So today, right after you listen to this podcast, make sure to subscribe and download OVP episode 100 part two to hear from the Kingpin and Crockett. And as we call out one of the members of our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. OVPPodcast.com is the website for more information on the great retro wrestling podcast known as OVP. Plus, greetings from Allentown with PW, Peter Winson. He looks at one episode of wrestling television each and every week, puts his own special spin on it. A great show each and every Thursday. So check out greetings from Allentown on the Pro Wrestling Only feed or on his own feed. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart and all the rest over there at the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Stuff going on all week there, including Nitromania from Adam Salzer and so much more. Check out the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed. So subscribe and enjoy. All right, it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, you are hitting the highways and byways, Kingpin, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler. And I think you've got a couple weeks off, but you've got those dates kicking up again. Yeah, after my own little extended hiatus, which was much needed. This Friday night, I'm returning to Chaotic Wrestling in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, go to chaoticwrestling.com for full ticket and card information, but hopefully uh, get to see all the great fans of Chaotic Wrestling once again <laughs> as I'm back there for a little stretch here. Then, Mike, the following week, Friday night, October the 12th, I'm heading to Baltimore for Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor's Glory by Honor. This is an Honor Club exclusive that you can watch live. Oh. Yeah, live. The Playboy has it, so maybe you can have a viewing party with the Playboy. I'm not going up there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> Through a field of bullets. So check out check out ourhwrestling.com uh, for all ticket and card information. And also check out Honor Club. Get your Honor Club subscription so you can watch this live. You can see the Kingpin live. Match isn't announced yet, but it's going to be a good one. Ooh. Uh, sadly, though, because of the schedule of this particular weekend, I will be missing out on a friends and uh, a friends event. Friends, big uh, yes. big day. Uh, so I won't I won't be seeing you and, and the lovely wife there. We could have had a couple cold ones together, but uh, big congratulations to our good friend on his big day. Uh, yes. I think he puts it on, on his social media. Yeah, yeah. Brian Fury is getting married. I sadly won't be there because of my schedule with Ring of Honor. That's what happens in wrestling. Sometimes you miss out on big events. Although it, it is fitting. Because I didn't invite Fury to my wedding. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a convenient excuse. Yes. You get the ROH stuff going. Yes. yes. Big be- congratulations to Brian Fury. But then on Sunday the 14th, I'll be returning to the 2300 Arena, for also for Ring of Honor, international TV taping uh, at the old ECW Arena, ROHwrestling.com for full ticket and card information. Then October the 20th, Mike, yes. I'm hosting a seminar from 11 to 3 for Atlantic Pro Wrestling. You get four hours of a seminar, and you can earn a spot in the Battle Royal, and you can earn a, a tryout match. How about that? So, so it's for trained wrestlers. It is for trained wrestlers, yes. Uh, um, we're looking for people at least six months of training experience or more. Um, so, op- yeah, open to anybody with six or more months training experience. Just $30, again, get you a four-hour training seminar, as well as an opportunity to be seen by you know officials and what, whatnot from Atlantic Pro Wrestling and potentially earn a spot on their roster, certainly earn a spot on the card that night. So very cool opportunity. And then that night I'll be performing on the show itself, uh, 6.30 bell time, Atlantic Pro Wrestling in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Go to AtlanticProWrestling.com for full tickets. 
ticket and card information. Then, Mike, rounding out the month. Uh, well, I forgot the, the Sunday the 21st, something to wrestle live. I'm very excited for that. <sighs> <laughs> but anyways, I returned to Chaotic Wrestling again at the end of the month in Woburn, October the 26th. That's a Friday night. ChaoticWrestling.com for details. And then on Halloween night. What? That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm being a total dirtbag. I'm not going to be taking the kids trick-or-treating. Oh. And uh, I'll be with Beyond Wrestling on Halloween night. More details to come on that well, very you're dressing soon. up as? I don't dress up, Mike. Oh, excuse me. I'm not a dress-up guy. Hell, I, I actually detest You are it. dressed up today <laughs> in your freaking... Pittsburgh Steeler gear. Yeah, go support the team. <laughs> I haven't painted my face yet, though. No, that's coming later. Yeah, the game's not till tonight. So, all right. Well, I better get out of here soon. But before I leave you, Kingpin, it is promo about nothing. Time the year nineteen eighty-seven. You were seventeen years old. Something like that. We're heading <laughs> up north to Stampede Wrestling, the home of the Hearts, and we think we've visited this gentleman before. It was uh, Jason the Terrible and his manager, the Zodiac. I think so. So let's check. uh, I think this is the very first appearance of the Zodiac. He's a much different man at this point than he eventually became. So let's check out the first go-round of the Zodiac with Jason the Terrible. This week's promo about nothing. Greetings, simple mortals. I am Zodiac. I thought it was about time for us to get acquainted. Permit me to say no grander or more soul-ennobling theme has ever been presented to the human intellect than the philosophy and language of the heavens or the shadows of ancient forbidden knowledge. You are now witnessing a gift, the gift of aggregate knowledge and powerful energies throughout the universe, a gift of magic, if you will. And with this gift bestowed on me by Luke, Reaper of Evil, Prince of Darkness, I intend to rule a wrestling world. I am the wizard, the prophet. I interpret the messages the stars transmit while they obey every command of their ruling planets. We are now in the cycle of Leo, the fifth sign of the Zodiac, one of the three fire signs which is ruled exclusively by the sun. Through this calculation coupled with the alliance of Luke, Prince of Darkness, who is forever present but imperceptible to mortal eye, I have total control over the present as well as the future. This should be oh so clear considering the damage Jason the Terrible and Zodiac, Demon of Evil, and Commander of Destiny have done already. Owen Hart, deceased. Brian Pillman, deceased. Randy Thatcher, deceased. Yet, there is a long list of foolish martyrs on the sacrificial tablet. Bruce Hart, you have managed to fall into a bottomless pit of terror and choosing to interfere with the efforts of the cult. So we have no choice but to sentence you to the same fate as your brother along with your optate partner. On Friday, August 28th, you, were, you shall both be cast into a void void and shall suffer a thousand lifetimes of darkness as we leave you lying in the rivers of your own blood having fallen victim to the curse. So take heed to my warnings, tippet peasants. Jason the Terrible Zodiac and Luke will someday dictate the region of Western Canada and from there pursue our reign of terror on the entire wrestling world. We have issued a formal and open challenge to anyone foolishly dares think they are worthy adversaries and will ensure our victories with the darkest and most powerful secrets of the universe. The wind and the waves are always on the side of the ablest navigators. Say goodbye for now, my lovely Jason. To be fair, Mike. Yes. It was it was over two minutes. Yes. To be fair, it was one sentence. <laughs> it's one sentence. <laughs> Holy fuck. You know what would have helped them? A mixer. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I mean, the Zodiac that we recall, I probably dropped something in here for people to hear what actually the later Zodiac stuff sounds like. 
genocide! Armageddon! But this Zodiac, he's just a rambling fool at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's like he memorized, like he had to like memorize this entire thing and just had to get it out of his mouth as quickly as possible. It's like, just, yeah, it sounds like he's like in a hostage video, just reading <laughs> like, fucking scripted dialogue <laughs> with with garbly like effect over it. Yeah, it just really just terrible sound effect they hadn't got the sound right of, of the you know distorting his voice it was hard to understand at different points because it was so weird yeah he just yeah the words just running into each other and a little awkward moment where he says owen hart deceased brian pillman deceased maybe he is uh, someone who can see into the future as he professes here uh, yeah well, a little <laughs> So, <laughs> so I, I actually missed the, that word he said there because it was so garbled. Also, he, I think he talked about lactation at some point. Maybe that's just me uh, as a new <laughs> father. You got lactation on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, this guy, he was Barry O, uh, the old WWF jobber. Also Barry Orton, the uncle of Randy Orton, brother of course cowboy bob orton who, we cowboy bob orton, who uh who didn't quite make the cut as uh, cosmo as kramer. kramer no yes he did not i'm told that the character of the zodiac came on the heels of the zodiac killer out in california barry o would read all these astrology books we get his hands on the character to make it seem more authentic maybe you should take an acting class too for, <laughs> uh, for delivery of the material perhaps perhaps yeah there's no oomph on any syllable, no word is more pronounced than any other word. Or the, the the longest run-on sentence of all time. <laughs> like if you, if you saw if you saw this written out, like the transcript would just be no punctuation at all, no commas, no periods, no nothing. <laughs> just yes. at the end, very at the end. Boom. <laughs> Thank you for suffering through that two minutes promo with uh, the Zodiac, aka Barry O, and even Jason the Terrible at the end couldn't muster up anything he said say goodbye jason the terrible and he's just like eh. <laughs> couldn't even get a good growl out of him he might have dozed off <laughs> he might have so yeah uh thank you to david bixon span of the between the sheets podcast that's where i remembered about the zodiac that we had had him on the podcast in the past he was a previous promo about nothing but i never heard this first promo so thanks to uh bix for pointing me in the direction of this so uh you've heard this promo about nothing if you want the full picture find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the wpan.com that is the wpan.com all right brian we're out of here we'll be back next monday for episode 129 of the wrestling podcast about nothing till then he is the kingpin brian malonis i'm mike crockett big ups to mucko and thanks for nothing